Good morning. Parashat Kitisa, of course, describes to us the tragic sin of Haita'egil. And I'd like to read with you just a few of the Pesukim that are perhaps uh, overlooked in a retelling of the story. Uh, the initial part we're all familiar with. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in those 40 days and 40 nights, of course, at the conclusion of them, with Moshe Rabbeinu, and he tells him, quickly go down because the people have sinned. Of course, Moshe, listening, abiding by the word of God, descends the mountain and is on his way to the people. And we usually skip over the next few pesukim and remember that Moshe encounters them with the luchot, shattering them. But we overlook the following several pesukim, and for good reason. We don't always have a good explanation for, to the purpose of their inclusion. Because what happens is as follows, Moshe comes down and he sees Yehoshua who was guarding the bottom of the mountain and waiting for him. The Pasuk says, Yehoshua hears the people shouting. He notices and understands there's something wrong. He exclaims, he tells Moshe, my master Moshe, you should know, I'm certain, I think, there's a, a war going on. We have to quickly go there. Again, this uh, conversation already. I mean, so Yehoshua is clearly wrong. Vayomen, Moshe responds to him, En kol anot gevura, ve'en kol anot halusha, kol anot anuchi shomea. It's not the sound of shouting strength. It's not shouting in weakness. It's a sound of anot, of distress, of difficulty that I hear, says Moshe. Those two pesukim, that quick sentence, which is oftentimes overlooked, is a little bit, uh, we would say in Hebrew, omer darsheni. It's begging us to give an explanation. Why do we need this conversation? Do they not have any other conversations? Moshe and Yoshua, over the course of Moshe's leadership of the people in the desert, that this conversation at the most critical moment, the tragedy of Heta Egel, as Moshe is about to encounter them, does this somehow help us in understanding well, Moshe, Yahushua, well, what does it help? The Midrash, interestingly, uh, reconstructs what Moshe was saying to Yahushua at the time. It's a Midrash in Kohelet Rabbah, uh, where the Hachamim imagine Moshe saying to Yahushua in that moment, Amar lo Moshe. Moshe rebukes Yahushua then. Yahushua, Adam she'atid lehanig serara al shishim rebo. You're an individual in the future is going to lead this nation, over 600,000 people. You don't know how to distinguish between one sound and the other sound? That still doesn't fully explain it. It means it was a situation where Moshe is turning to Yahushua and teaching him some sort of lesson. A lesson the Hachamim tell us about leadership. You're in the future going to lead these people. How do you not know how to distinguish? What's the lesson of the Pesukim? What are the rabbis seeking perhaps to teach us through that reconstruction of the uh, situation, I would suggest as follows. Imagine the scene, Moshe with the Luchot, Ma'amad Har Sinai in the not-so-distant past. A situation where, as the lawgiver, as the leader of the people, Moshe has his perspective, his mind on, teaching the people the law. Yehoshua as well is focused on, let's teach them Torah. Let's make certain that the people know everything. Let's understand that this is our responsibility, at which point Moshe turns to Yehoshua and says... But do you hear what they're saying? Because if you don't hear what they say, they're saying, any words that will try to speak to them will fall on deaf ears. If we don't understand and don't feel the pain, the distress, the difficulty that is going on in the camp, 
well, then any mission, any perspective, any mandate that we have will be a failure. Moshe is teaching Yehoshua in this moment what it means to be a true leader, what it means to be a leader not only of a nation, but a leader in general. We oftentimes believe that to be a leader means to instruct others, to teach others, to make certain that others know the words of Torah the right way. We speak to our children as such, let me teach you a lesson when I was your age. We speak to others, let me explain to you how this works, but we oftentimes, Moshe and Yehoshua's conversation teaches us, don't stop, pause, and appropriately listen to what others are saying. We don't listen to the cry of another while we're so focused on our own mode of leadership in teaching them, in telling them, in instructing them. The truth is that recently I noticed there's a pasuk at the very beginning of Moshe's life, which likewise, interpreted by the hachamim, seems to teach a similar lesson, because the pasuk, of course, is in a story that we're all familiar with, the daughter of Parol, on the side of the Nile, noticing this teva, this... Uh, a basket of sorts, finds Moshe in it, but the Pasuk describes exactly what happens, and it says as follows, talked about that in Parashat Shemot. Well, she outstretches either her arm, or she sends her maidservant to get the Teva. She opens it up. She sees the child, the boy. Of course, the rabbis focus on Na'ar, but Bocheh is crying. Simple statement, nothing particularly uh, novel about that, that's what babies do. The Midrash picks up on those words as well. It's an interesting Midrash, says the Midrash, Vatahmol alav, the next words in the Pasuk, she has compassion, says the Midrash, Kevan shera'ata oto alav. Once she saw, once she noticed that he was crying, the daughter of Paro, she has compassion. I thought rabbis added something. What was that? And the Mefarshim to the Midrash diff- have difficulty. The commentaries say, well, the rabbis tell us that the Pasuk didn't say. I would suggest again, humbly, that in this moment, her ability to actually hear the baby, to understand that I need to pay attention to this baby, is my utmost and foremost responsibility. I can act, we can all act as leaders by talking to others, by doing and by seeing and explaining. If we don't listen to what they're saying, we don't realize what's taking place next door, uh, just a few feet over in the camp, as Moshe said to Yahushua, we'll fail at anything we want to be successful at. The truth is, I've told it more than once, but one of my father's rabbis, his name was Rabbi Yehuda Amital. He was the rabbi, he was the head of Yeshivat Har Etzion. The Yeshiva, as the story is told, when they were constructing it, they were going to build as many Bate Midrash are built uh, without windows, distracting for the students of windows. The truth is, there are windows, we'll talk about the story in a moment, they don't look out at anything uh, exciting, they look out at beautiful mountains. Okay, but maybe that's distracting if you have a sensitive soul. Anyway, he demanded that it have windows. His description, and I'll tell you the story in a moment, was that if we're studying Torah and focused only on the Torah, which is significant and of very important nature in our lives, 
but can't look outside, can't hear what's going on outside, then we're failing at our study of Torah. It is what's known as a yeshivat hezder. It's a yeshiva in which the boys study Torah, but then serve the country in the IDF and the Israel Defense Forces. And his vision, his perspective was, this is who we are as B'nai Israel. He would often, it's on video, I heard it from him directly, he repeated it enough times you can hear it in many versions from many different people and he himself, he would tell the story about the Alter Rebbe of Chabad, the first rabbi of Chabad, Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Layedi. Uh, the story as it's told us, he was either with his son or with his grandson, uh, rabbis who were known as either Rabbi Dov Bear or Rabbi Menachem Mendel, look at me the Hasidic rabbi speaking to you right now. Anyway, he was studying in adjacent rooms. They were living all in one home, as oftentimes things used to exist. And the baby, the grandson, the great-grandson, was crying in the adjacent room, both of them studying, immersed in their Talmud Torah. But the younger one didn't hear the cries. It was the grandfather or the father, the great-grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, who heard those cries, who came back, cradling the baby in his hands and rebuking the son or grandson. How is it that you didn't? I was so immersed in the study of Torah, I couldn't hear the cries. There's a problem, the Alter Rebbe, the Baal HaTanya, said to his son or grandson, with someone who's studying Torah and can't hear the cries of another. That's not a study of Torah, which is a natural, healthy, or genuine one. To study Torah, Moshe in this moment taught Yehoshua. To be a leader, to be a melamed Torah means I don't just speak it, I don't just read it, I hear the cries of others. That's what makes us, in a full sense, members of Am Yisrael who study Torah in an authentic way. I'll conclude with a very brief story that made a, a tremendous mark on me. Um, when I read it, it's in the Art Scroll biography of Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky. It's written in maybe four lines. I'm not certain whether they meant it the way I take it, but here's how I understood it. Someone came to ask Rabbi Kanievsky, Zichrono Livracha, advice. There was a family member, excuse me, a student who was sick. The book says ill. I have to imagine that means very sick, very ill. And they were looking for advice on what to do. Here's my injection as to how I understand this. They were looking for a segula. They were looking for direction on tehillim, on mitzvot they could do in order to aid the refuah shelema, to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for rahamim, for mercy, to bring a, a, a speedy recovery to this individual. That's how I understand their request of the rabbi. The response, call the young man. What do you mean, rabbi? I'm adding in details. Call the young man. It's a young man who undoubtedly believes that everyone has forgotten him. Nobody's visiting him because of his illness, just as his rabbi. Call him. Make sure that he understands, that he feels that you're thinking about him. Can you imagine the wonders that just calling him will do? How it'll change his self-esteem, how that might heal him in ways that, ironically, sometimes our tefillot can't, if we can do the mitzvah appropriately of bikur holim, of showing another that we hear their cries, we can either do just as much or even greater. Because to study Torah, to be a leader, Moshe taught to Yehoshua in that moment, where Yehoshua seems to hear the call of cries of war in the camp, but Moshe says to him in the moment, you're going to be the leader of these people. If you can't discern and understand what's really bothering them, if we can't listen to the people around us, our neighbors, our spouses, our children, our co-workers, our employees, and understand what's really going through their mind. 
to truly see into their heart, to listen to their cries and understand them appropriately as much as we might believe that we're leaders, as much as our words might reflect words of leadership, as much as as mentors we might even speak words of Torah, we're failing as leaders. Moshe taught Yehoshua and us that to truly care about Torah, to truly practice mitzvot, means to have sensitivity for others. As the Alter Rebbe in his story reflect to us as well, it's about hearing the cry of the baby while immersed in the Torah. As Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, I believe, taught through that story, just as much so, it's about calling the other, not only the tefillot, not only the Torah, which is all significant, the sensitivity for the other as well is what makes us full, genuine, and authentic Shomre Torah Mitzvot leaders in a true sense. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.